This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Whether you are a longtime member or a first-time visitor, whether you are worshiping here in the sanctuary or from home, no matter where you are on your journey of faith, welcome home to Morrisville Presbyterian Church. We are delighted you have chosen to worship with us today. There's a red friendship pad in your pew. If you could please write your name in it and pass it to your neighbor. This is a great way for us to greet one another and for us to contact you afterwards if it is your first time. As you pass the friendship pad, I also invite you to take note of the announcements in your bulletin about Advent. Yes, Advent is just around the corner. Our journey toward Bethlehem begins next Sunday, and we hope you'll mark your calendars for our Advent festival that will take place after worship on December 4th. As we open our hearts now to worship, let us give thanks for the gift of our life together. Let us worship God. spirit and in body as you're able to join us in our responsive call to worship as it's printed in your bulletin. God has looked favorably on all of God's people and has redeemed all of creation. God has given us a mighty Savior, the Lord whose reign we celebrate. We gather to offer thanks and praise to our almighty God. Let us worship God together. Please continue to stand as you're able and join us singing hymn number 41, O Worship the King, All Glorious Above.
our maker, defender, redeemer, our friend, calls us here, calls us to live a life of faith and fullness. And even when we falter, our friend is there to pick us up in abundant grace. So together, let us confess our sins using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. Gracious Lord, we are quick to identify our enemies and slow to name the ways we hurt others. You lead us in the ways of righteousness, and yet we prefer to walk our own path. We are called to follow your lead in creating a beloved community. Yet we often turn to hatred and violence. Heal us and help us, God. Turn us from the ways of sin, the means that create unjust ends. Grant that we may seek to be servants of your kingdom, participating in your holy work of peace. Amen. People of God, hear the good news concerning the love and forgiveness of God. As far as the east is from the west, so far does God remove our transgressions from us. Together, let us proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. forgiven people, let us share with one another the peace of Christ using American Sign Language. May the peace of Christ be with you, and we respond also with you. Let us share with one another the peace of Christ. Peace be with you, Lynn. Peace be with you. Peace, Tim. Peace, MJ. Beloved Church, as we turn our hearts towards Scripture, toward God's Word, let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us this day. Melt us and mold us. Fill us and use us. Spirit of the living God, through this text this day, through your word this day, fall afresh on us. Amen. Amen. Please join me in our responsive New Testament reading from Luke chapter 1. It can be found in your bulletin. Together, let us listen for the word of God. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his child David. As he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, 
being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness in his presence all our days. Because of the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. to invite my young friends forward to join us for Time for Young Disciples. Hello, Tucker. Good morning. Hello, Connor. How are you? I'm glad to see you both. All right, I have a question for you today. Are you ready? Does anyone know? I think there's a holiday coming up this week. 
What is it? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You're right. Thanksgiving is coming up. Do you all have plans for Thanksgiving? What are you doing for Thanksgiving? I'm going to my grandma's house. Going to grandma's house? I'm going to be with like my cousins, my some of my cousins and my my grandma and my grandpa. So lots of families getting together. Wonderful. How about you, bud? Okay, and you're going to be with your, I bet, with your mom and your brother for sure. What a great Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, maybe your pop-pop. Awesome. Thanksgiving, when I think of Thanksgiving, I think of reasons to be grateful. Have you ever thought about what it means to be grateful, things you're thankful for, maybe for your parents or for your siblings or your grandparents or maybe for a teacher at school or for a church family? So much in our life are reasons to be grateful, and we get to celebrate that this week. Another thing, though, this week, sometimes holidays can be really hard for people. Maybe if someone in their family has died or if someone's really far away and they can't be together, Thanksgiving and holidays kind of like it can be a time that actually make people a little sad. Even though for a lot of us or for, for you all, it, may, it might be full of joy and excitement and fun, for some people, it can be really hard. And so I'm going to challenge you this week, when you're with your family, maybe if you say a blessing over your meal or a prayer, maybe sometime this week or like as you're going to bed at night, to certainly thank God for all the wonderful things in your life and be grateful for those. And also say a special prayer for those who might be having a really hard time this week. And you can help your, remind your family to do that. Does that sound good? Can you help with that? That will mean a lot to those people. I know it will. And I also know God sees those people too and knows that even this week when a lot of us might be feeling really grateful, a lot of us also might be having a hard time. And that's one of the reasons that we love God because God is with us no matter what we're going through and no matter how we're feeling. Can you all help me with that this week? Mm -hmm. Great. Well, let's offer a prayer together. You can all repeat after me. Dear God, we thank you for opportunities to be grateful. But help us to care for anyone and to pray for everyone who has a hard time this week. Amen. Thank you all so much. You can go to music with Mr. Tim. Or you can go with your parents. Our second scripture reading comes from Psalm 46. Together, let us listen for the word of God. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob 
is our refuge. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. is one that many of us love. This has become especially clear to me after talking to many of you this week about this passage. It is a psalm that many of us have, have framed or hung on our walls, in our bedroom, or our offices. Especially that verse that we have heard sung and spoken over and over. Be still and know that I am God. Even the gentle rhythm of these words is reassuring. Be still. No. As a teenager with an anxiety disorder that encompassed much of my life, the words of this psalm were an anchor for me. The images of the earth changing, the mountains shaking, the water roaring, felt much like my anxiety most days. When my body shook, and my mind roared out of my control. In those moments, I could remind myself, God is my refuge and strength. I shall not be moved. God will help me. And with these reminders, my raging internal world would still, at least a little bit. I know I'm not the only one who has had this experience. This psalm is one that many of us use to still our internal worlds. We remind ourselves of who God is. A refuge, a strong power, a God who is present with us, a God who reigns over all the earth. And our anxiety and fear begin to still, because with a God like this, what do we have to be afraid of? Yet I also wonder if this exhortation to be still is not just about stilling our internal worlds. I wonder if it speaks to our external world as well. Because much of this psalm is about the external world. It talks about mountains shaking, perhaps a reference to a natural disaster like an earthquake. It talks about waters roaring the terrifying chaos of hurricanes and tsunamis. And it talks about nations being in an uproar, kingdoms at war with one another, large empires threatening smaller nations. These concerns are very much external concerns, certainly things that made the people of Israel feel anxious and long for internal peace, but also storms they desperately needed God to still, and wars they needed God to end. Looking back, I can tell now that my teenage anxiety wasn't just an internal tumult. Yes, it certainly had to do with genetic influences and chemical imbalances in my brain. But it was also about the external world I grew up in, a world that was often scary and uncertain. My parents struggled to make ends meet, and stressed over how to pay the bills and the mortgage. Scary health conditions were passed from one generation to the next. And the political and cultural and economic climate caused everyone a great deal of anxiety as we worried about what changes in power might mean for us and our family. My internal storm was anxiety, but it was only fueled by the external storms around me that often seem to have no clear solution or end in sight. Of course, this brings us to the question, where is God in the storm? The psalm tells us that God is our refuge and our help, that God will not let us be moved. But this isn't always true. People go hungry. Our loved ones stay sick. Gun violence takes the lives of children and college students and racial minorities and queer people. Relationships end and never find reconciliation or repair. Natural disasters continue to grow in number and severity and threaten the lives of those who are already living at the margins. 
nation wars against nation, and human rights abuses run rampant as extremist governments punish protesters and target minorities. We only have to look around for a moment to know that God being our help does not mean that God fixes our every problem or saves every person crying out in their suffering. So what does it mean? This is where many have suggested that the promise of God's help and refuge, stillness and safety, are really just an internal solution. God helps us be less anxious. God is a spiritual refuge. God stills the storm within us and gives us a sense of safety in dangerous circumstances. And all of this is true. But I wonder, is that enough? Because in this psalm, God is doing more than easing the anxiety of the people of Israel. God is ending war and breaking weapons of violence. God is protecting the city of Jerusalem, the heart of Israel's life and faith, from the natural disasters that are wreaking havoc on the earth. God is doing something. God is stilling the tangible, visible storms of war and disaster. The Jewish Publication Society translates verse 11, the famous, be still and know that I am God verse, differently. Its translation reads, desist. Realize that I am God. I dominate the nations. I dominate the earth. It is a call for Israel and other nations to put down their weapons of war and stop fighting. According to this translation, the call is not for internal stillness, but for people to lay down their weapons and end their wars. God's call to stillness is not simply a call to lay down our anxiety. It is also a call to lay down our human fervor that causes harm. God is asking us to lay down our weapons, to end our conflicts, to have mercy with one another. Perhaps God is even asking us to lay down our mass consumption and pollution and production that pollutes our earth and provokes natural disasters. God is asking us to be still, internally and externally, to calm the chaos inside and outside of us, to create a more peaceful and safe and just world. And God is promising that God will be with us as we do that. That even when we lay down the things we think we need, the things that we think protect us, God will be our refuge and our help. Today is Christ the King Sunday. And at first glance, this psalm that we've been talking about doesn't seem to relate at all. But I think perhaps this psalm exactly illustrates what we believe about the reign of God through Christ. As Presbyterians standing in the Reformed tradition, we believe that God is sovereign over all the earth. And we believe that Christ's life, death, and resurrection introduced God's reign in a new and powerful and revolutionary way. The kingdom of God. This kingdom of God is an image of a world where human rulers have laid down their battles for power, and God reigns over a world of peace and justice and safety, where wrongs are made right and suffering ends where human bodies and the earth itself are healed and whole. This is exactly the world that the psalm is describing, a world where wars are ended and natural disasters are stilled. It is a world that, like the kingdom of God, is not fully realized yet, but that we see in bits and pieces as people lay down violent and hateful conflicts for one another, and as God gently touches and stills our spirits in times of suffering. In this psalm, as in much of scripture, we find an invitation to participate in creating this world, 
we are invited to imagine and embody a world where there is no more war or violence, where ecosystems and land masses are no longer crying out in pain. We are invited to be still, inside and out. Of course, this is a call that can feel overwhelming and a vision of a world that can feel terribly far away. Perhaps it can help to remember what a psalm is meant to do. It was meant to be sung by the people of Israel, in community, to remind themselves of God's faithfulness, of God's power, of God's presence with them. It was meant to remind them of their part in a greater story, of a God who is working in and through history to end all wars and violence and to bring peace and justice to earth. This psalm calls us to be still, to desist, yes. And then it reminds us that God alone is sovereign over all the earth. That God ultimately is the power that will fix everything that is broken and heal all suffering. So today, as we hear this psalm, as we sing songs of God's faithfulness and power, we remind ourselves that God alone is Lord over all creation. We gather as a community today to say, God will be exalted among the nations. God will be exalted in the earth. Amen. We have heard the word proclaimed for us this day, a song of stillness, both internally and externally in our world. So as we seek to enter into that song, let us stand and sing the middle hymn 329, God is our refuge and strength. the whole church, let us all confess our faith through the words of the brief statement of faith as it is printed in your bulletin. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. Jesus proclaimed the reign of God, preaching good news to the poor and release to the captives, teaching by word and deed and blessing the children healing the sick, and binding up the brokenhearted, eating with outcasts, 
forgiving sinners, and calling all to repent and believe the gospel, unjustly condemned for blasphemy and sedition. Jesus was crucified, suffering the depths of human pain and giving his life for the sins of the world. God raised this Jesus from the dead, vindicating his sinless life, breaking the power of sin and evil, delivering us from death to life eternal. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Friends, let us join our hearts together in prayer, lifting up the joys and the burdens of our lives. Let us turn to God in prayer. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, our refuge and strength, God of abundant blessing, God of hope and joy, as we approach a holiday of gratitude and a new liturgical year upon us, we pause to give you thanks and praise. We know all good gifts that come from you and for the many ways that you bless us, O oh God, we can hardly count them. Especially this day, we thank you for family, for chosen family, for loved ones who encircle us with care, for friends who are like family to us. We thank you for clear skies and starry nights that stun us with your creation's beauty. We thank you for acts of kindness and compassion shared between neighbors and strangers alike. We thank you for leaders who defy partisan rhetoric and rancor to act with honesty and integrity, caring for your people, caring for the least of these, our siblings in Christ. God, there is so much for which we are thankful. Hear us in the quiet of our hearts as we lift our particular joys and gratitude to you. God, on these crisp fall days, the sun sinks early. The days grow short in this darkening season, holy God. And in the darkening season, your people languish, yearning for a break from bad news and heavy burdens. And so in our despair, O oh God, we turn to you as our refuge and strength. We lift our hope-filled petitions for the needs of your people. On this trans day of remembrance, we remember those children of God whose lives were cut short by acts of violence and hate. We pray for those trans children of God who live in fear that this same violence and hatred might find them one day. Merciful God, our refuge and strength every day, every day, we turn on the news and hear more stories of gun violence in our world, of people whose lives have been violently taken because of who they are, or who they love, or where they happen to be when weapons were drawn. And today we lift up particular prayers for communities in Colorado Springs, 
and on the campuses of the University of New Mexico and UVA. And we grieve, O oh God, that this list is by no means complete. We grieve that there will only be a new set of communities to pray for tomorrow. How long, O oh Lord, must we wait until swords are beaten into plowshares and violence and war are no more? Come quickly, Prince of Peace. You call us to desist, to be still. May we be ambassadors of your peace in the ways you call us to act. God, our world is full of so much grief. And we can look all around the world and find it all around our country and find it all around our neighborhoods and find it. And so hear our prayers and petitions this day for ourselves, for those we love, for those we are called to love. We pray especially this day that you would be with those in need of healing from trauma. Be with those whose spirits are burdened by mental illness. Be with those who believe they are beyond help and hope. Be with those who have forgotten who they are or are in the process of forgetting and be with those who walk with them on that difficult journey. Be with those for whom the approaching holidays bring fear and guilt, or pain and heartbreak. Be with those who are so deep in grief they feel like they might suffocate under the weight of it. Hear our prayers, O oh God, and especially those that we lift to you in the quiet of our hearts. We humble ourselves before you, Christ our King. We humble ourselves this day to pray for our redemption and for the world's. May we live and love and forgive as you did. May we resist evil in this world in all its forms and our complicity in it or apathy toward it. May we embrace your way of peace, O God, transformed for lives of love and grace, mercy and compassion, justice and joy. Now hear us as we pray the prayer Christ taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Even in our turbulent world, we find our God. Our God who invites us into a deeper stillness, a stillness within and also a stillness for the rest of our world. It is a God who invites us to participate in the peacemaking for our world. So let us reflect on how we can step into that invitation this day by giving of who we are and what we have. Ushers, please come forward to collect our morning offering.
and gracious God, we dedicate these gifts before you and the intentions of our hearts to further your word and step into a world in deep need of your peace. In your holy name we pray. Amen. As you are able, please remain standing and join together in singing the hymn number 816, If Thou But Trust in God to Guide Thee. go forth to imagine and embody peace and stillness in our worlds. And may the love of God, the fellowship of Jesus Christ, and the peace of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen.